it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty. And luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. On the 15th of December at the Camden Powerhouse in London Town. Well, not Santa Claus, but me. Cabaret legend Lenny Beige, as I host my very special Regency Rooms Christmas Extravaganza. It's an old-school variety show with some of the names that made my club the talk of the town and some of the very best new acts working the circuit today. Plus, there might even be a household name or two thrown in for good measure. Add to that a band of world-class session players, and you've got the greatest Christmas variety show out there. There's literally no show like it. Tickets are from £25. Just visit ctickets.com. That's ctickets.com and enter Regency Rooms and get booking. Welcome to the Chels. Well, this has been a funny old week of, well, I don't know, something close to misery. Or has it been like that? Have we been over-expecting? Or, oh, I don't know. Are we just finding exactly where we are? I don't know. So, I've got two people who really know an awful lot. And <laughs> thankfully, they'll give me all the answers to how I'm really feeling. First up is Mr. Rick Glanville, who I have to say, you can't see, we're on Zoom, but he's lit like a Caravaggio. It's stunning, it's startling, it's so artistic, darling. How are you, Rick? Better than being hung like a Caravaggio, I suppose. Yes, although he wasn't hung. Um, no. <laughs> but he was a, mur- he was a murderous no, his swine. Pa- his paintings were. Yes, uh, no, I know, I get it. I just thought I'd take it a step further, because... How are you feeling this week? 
Well, I, I was at West Ham and... <laughs> don't even go there. Don't, don't, let's not talk football for the moment. This is just the intro. That's <laughs> okay. already too much I can no, cope just with say, there. I walked it out, so I feel quite good. And I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm very positive uh, about... Well, once we get over this injury crisis, I think we'll return stronger. Okay. And, um, All right, yeah, that's still too much football stuff. How <laughs> are you? I'm I'm really well actually. <laughs> good. Well then that's that's good. Let's move on. Let's keep happy for the moment. And <laughs> our next guest, it's only Mr. Ivor Bedil. How are you, Ivor? <laughs> oh, you know, I could complain, but I'm not too bad. Well, I've got a bit of a bad back. But apart from the bad back, actually, yeah, I'm gonna go with pretty good actually. Yeah. Okay. If you got a bad back, am I allowed to moan about having had another operation on Thursday? No. No, okay, fair no, no, Of course you can. Moan away, moan away. <laughs> okay, well, I just think I, I should say, before we get started, I ended up having a, an operation on Thursday, uh, and the night before was a Chelsea-Watford game, or the Watford-Chelsea game, which really didn't send me into hospital in the greatest mood, and then I came out just in time to see the West Ham game, which really didn't set me up for the recovery period. So, <laughs> is that too much football? Come on, how come you get away with it? Well, can I just you know. can I just say something? <laughs> I go to um, hospital. Kerry, you, you shared with us, and I hope this isn't you know, divulging too much to our listeners. But you shared with us that it was a hernia operation. It was and indeed. I had um, hernia operation in groinal one because you obviously get hernias elsewhere, and it, well, it was a few years ago. And when I had it, for some reason, this is you'll see the relevance of this in my head. You hear about footballers having hernia operations all the time, and it seems as if. Oh, I know they're much younger and fitter, but it's, it almost seems in my head. I just thought, you know, they have a hernia operation and they're playing again within a week, right? <laughs> I'll tell you what, you know, we can both testify to the fact that. Well, can I finish the story? You can cut it all out if you want. <laughs> no, but no, I about, love it. Okay, about two weeks after, <laughs> this is quite funny. About two weeks after I had the hernia operation, I was still hobbling around. I could barely move, but I was in a lineup to meet Prince William. Right, it was at a well, it was at a Jewish care event at Ali Pali, in fact. And to the left of me was a hundred-year-old woman. To the right of me was a ninety-year-old man. <laughs> and I'm I'm the one they got the chair for. <laughs> I, was, I was in such pain that I stood up when His Royal Highness. I managed to stand up when His the Royal Highness came into the room. But while we were waiting, I just I was in so much pain. You know, it took about six weeks to properly you know feel that I wasn't in pain from the double in groinal hernia. Now this is a few years later, and now it feels like they're back. So. Anyway, there's my hernia story. Uh, there you go. Well, I'm sure I've got stories to come. Why I said I'd do this Think week's those podcast. Two women, those two people are going to be now, Ivor. When you step... When you said you were in a lineup, I thought the prince had to point you out for something you'd done. And <laughs> he did it. He's the one. <laughs> He's the one. It's the bloke with a hernia. It was He's definitely eating. him running away. <laughs> uh, the, the, the only reason I said I'd do the show this week was because I thought, well, it's going to be so miserable, I won't laugh, because, as you know, laughing with a hernia is really a bad idea. Yes. But I've already really given it a good run out already, so <laughs> thank good. you for that, I think. Well, have you out of stitches? Yes. Well, no, they're, they're all soluble ones now, and everything's yeah. waterproof, so... Uh, not that I'm saying I wet myself, but uh, in the shower, you know, you can... <laughs> You can have a shower. It's yeah. it's great. You're, all your stitches are covered and, you know, but yeah, there's a lot of hobbling still going on, that's for sure. But it is only four days. So. Sounds like Ivor should have his zips finished. His zips? <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. That'd be nice. You just unzip it, pop them back, and unzip it up again. Lovely. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, self-service. I, I don't know. But, yeah, uh, but... Well, we should probably think about talking about football, <laughs> although uh, um, whether we go to the game just yet, um, the what for one, I don't know. But um, can I just ask, do you start getting scared? Either this for you straight off. Do you get scared or worried at this time of year when transfer windows open? Andy always has a go at me because he always goes, don't take any notice of, of reading any of that nonsense. But he always knows what I'm talking about, which means he reads it, but just yeah. won't admit it. Ignore the stuff I'm retweeting. Yeah, well, always, always you know, <laughs> thing, you know, exactly. But do you get worried or do you go, it's just going to be one of those periods? I mean, the latest story is Aspi is close to signing to Barcelona at the end of the year. Do you think about uh, it or just see yeah, what yeah. happens? I think as a Chelsea fan, your default position is to worry. You know, with 3-0 up with five minutes to go and you're still thinking we can lose. I mean, we've had too many years of, of, of hurt, if I can use that expression, to not think like that. Um, I, what worry, I, do, I am a little bit worried because one of the things that a lot of commentators or whatever have been saying this season is that we've really got strength in depth. So, which is obviously what you need. Well, you know, there's inevitably going to be injuries, but you think, well, if every position is covered and it looks like that. But actually, I, I think, I'm not sure we have. I think... You know, there's a lot of talk about Tuchel know our best team, and he, he's he's played he's played around a little bit. Um, I think we've really missed Kovacic because I think Kovacic and Georgino in the centre of the park. I know Kante as well. Uh, it's a tricky one, but I think those two in the centre of the park is, is they're a great combination and really impregnable. And you know, but without going through every single position, fundamentally, I think our strength in depth is not quite what people thought it might be. And for that reason, yes, I am a little bit worried. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what about you, Rick? I mean, I, I think there's a very good point there is that actually not only have we found that certain players are not quite at their game at the moment, and we'll get onto the game specifically in a minute, but also we picked up a stack of injuries and they're in concentrated periods of pe- parts of the pitch. Like the midfield, we're, we're shorn of anybody. Even down to when Chalabar looked as though, well, actually, he can step up to the plate. He plays there for about 10 minutes and he's injured. But what about your thoughts on on transfer windows? Well, I think you have to, as far as the transfer window goes, I think, is it four players that we have out of contract at the end of the season who could conceivably sign to an overseas club if they wanted to on January the 1st? Um, And we keep hearing... Uh, different messages about what's progressing and what's not. And Thomas Tuchel's mentioned Andreas Christensen and how important he thinks it is for him to sort out that deal. But I, I, I don't. I agree with Andy on taking anything that comes out of Spain with a pinch of salt. I see that I saw today and stupidly clicked on it, um, saying that Real of signs or you know are close to signing I think it's Tony Rudiger or someone like that and you just think they're just these agents are just out there to uh to disturb the water and to and to try and make things easier for for the particularly in Spain for the Spanish clubs because they're all they're all they're all strapped for cash aren't they and I think um I completely agree about the strength in depth or the lack of it has been a little bit exposed. And 
I think perhaps it's it's a we've we've leaned on our on our young players quite well uh, over the last season or so, and it just makes you think that maybe we with the current under twenty threes we don't have nat players who would naturally uh, step in when we need them this year. So Harvey Vale, I think, probably is the closest to making a breakthrough. He could possibly fit in at, at left wing back. But they aren't pushing on the door. They're not hammering on that door and saying, pick me. And I think maybe that's a difference at the moment. But I'm not really worried about who he's going to who's going to leave at the end of the year and uh, at the end of the season and, and who's not. That will just sort itself out. I'm just thinking about who we've got this season. Well, it's interesting that you, you know, this, this seems to be inevitable at Chelsea, but your sort of thoughts turn to, you know, the players who we've loaned out and, you know, Bruges, Gallagher and Gilmore, you know, all seem to be doing pretty well. And you think, I mean, I don't know what the deal is, if we can get them back in January, I don't really probably know, but you know, this is when we probably need. They're all playing. Seem to be playing, you know, particularly well. And maybe this is we need them back. Yeah, I think the problem is that you have to think about their development and not just what the needs of the club are. Uh, you know, you could bring them back, and then everyone's fit again, and they don't get a look in. Well, we have to think longer term than that. And Billy Gilmore, having not been in the side, he's playing regularly again. I mean, Conor Gallagher is a force of nature, and and um, it would seem. I mean, it would be great to bring him back and throw him straight into the team, but realistically, that's not going to happen, is it? And he's he's really tearing up trees where he is at the moment, and it's for him. It's better that he fulfills that for the rest of the season, and then he's in a really great position to to join the full squad, starting uh, you know to fight for his place next season. Would you say also he is benefiting? from learning at the feet and the mind of Patrick Vieira. who Absolutely right. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's going to learn more in one year with that guy than probably five years with a general coach. The, the, and Vieira seems to like him as well. Definitely. I think that's right. I mean, the only one, talking about these loanies as we are, the only one I suppose that is a little bit uh, out on a limb is um, Tino Angerin, who's at... Locomotive Moscow, where Ranić was, and of course Ranić's left. So where does that leave him? Um, you know, will the will the successor be as well disposed towards a, a Chelsea loanee as he was? So I suppose. It, but going back to what you're saying, I mean, you know, Vieira was one of the great Premier League midfielders, and in in a similar mould, you know, he was a box to boxer. You know, he wasn't just a defensive midfielder. He he was exactly a, a ranger like um, like Connor is. So yeah, I completely agree. And you know, if you can learn from the best, having already been schooled brilliantly by the Chelsea Academy, I mean, what a great finishing school to go to, really. Yeah, yeah interesting. It's an interesting sort of game of poker, almost, because you think about all the ones that got away. I mean, maybe not. I mean, maybe not just. I'm not just talking about low knees, but you know, if it, if if we don't play it right, then they'll go for good. So there there is that sort. Of, I, I agree with you. I think at the moment you're right. They probably need to work on their individual development. But at some point, either they come back and they're part of the, the squad, let's say, rather than the team, or that we're just going to lose. Them. Yeah, but I don't. You think there's also something about the fact that. 
because we have now had a group of players get into the first team and into the squad, players now can't moan about, oh, we never got a chance. The chance is available, but if you're good enough. And also, people have said, yeah, but nobody's ever made it in the past. Well, look at all the players from the past who we've heard about, we're going to be this, we're going to be that, didn't make it at Chelsea and didn't make it anywhere else particularly either. I would say we've had a, a golden crop and we seem to have more coming through as well. But I think they understand it is possible now. But you have to be the best. Uh, Rick? Yeah, I completely agree with that. I think an aspect, an additional aspect of that is, yes, you've got Rhys James, Christensen, various others, uh, and Chalabar establishing himself in the first team. And that could be intimidating to someone who who's thinking, well, look, Rhys James is going to be the right back for in the next 10 years or something. So any right back, oh, maybe I need to look elsewhere. But this is a squad game. Um, injuries happen, suspensions happen, and you still need right backs. As you do, you can replicate that on every position in the pitch. The point is, uh, and it ties in with what you were discussing about these players who are out of contract, do you want some of them, uh, as part of natural wastage, do you want them to leave to free up a, another place for the next player coming through. Um, you know, do you want uh, Conor Gallagher to be able to come in because someone else has moved on? Um, Levi Colwell is another brilliant prospect. Do you want one of the centre-backs to have departed or a defender to have departed to free up a position for him in a 23 or 25-man squad? And I think these are things... I, I think we can trust... Uh, the setup now to get things right and we're probably better set in that respect than we have been for years you know in the last couple of years and prior to that we didn't really always it was it was a bit shit or bust wasn't it you know we would <laughs> we would sort of lean on the we'd, we'd expect these wunderkinds kinder to come through and throw them in for five games and then oh they're no good now i think we are a bit more um tolerant are a bit more helpful in, in and give them a, a longer time because they're part of a, a planned introduction yeah and it, it does they always say to to change systems it takes a generation well that's kind of what we've had since it all started under Abramovich so actually we are seeing in the terms of educational sense whatever you want to talk about it it does take a generation to change and now we've got that change and now we've established the criteria, then perhaps it will become easier for players to, to grow within this system. You'd hope so, but Roman is not really the most patient man it would seem in the world. And there, there's, there's always the, the slight worry that, you know, if we start slipping down the table, you might push the panic button and chuck a, bit, chuck a load of money at it and buy three or four big names or whatever. And then obviously then everyone drops down the system. But... Uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully you're you right. You need that anyway, we have learned. But you're, well, yeah, You do I need to you do, sprinkle but, some stardust. You do. But I was very impressed, actually. I hate to say this. But I was very impressed with Arsenal fans early in the season when they had an awful start to the season. Sorry, can I we know. stop the podcast? Oh, that's ugly, <laughs> ugly sentence. I know, I know. But I know <laughs> yeah, I feel ill. I feel, oh, I'll go and lie down for a while. But, but no, they were, 
had, had a shocking start to the season. As we all know, I can't remember whatever it was, seven, eight games. They were, they were flirting with relegation, you know, bottom three. But a lot, most of their fans that I spoke to and read about, they sort of believed in the, the long-term project. And, and, and now, well, <laughs> it's sort of, it's, him. It's sort of come... Well, it came no, recently. Good about going back are, way, but, did you watch them? They're, they are rubbish. I'm sorry. They're such they're a low great, standard but, Arsenal. But they were better than the start of the season. But, but they, had that, they had that I'm faith. Pleased. They did have that faith. I'm pleased. Yeah, but don't forget, you, they, kept, they kept Arsene Wenger for 10 years too long. Well, that's true. But Roma would never do that. Tuchel will be gone this time next year. Nobody stays 10 minutes too long. You know, so... And in fact, yeah. actually, it's interesting uh, that mentioning him because we're now getting sightings of him. Um, you know, he's been mm. he's been at the, the ground. Um, was at the Man United game, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. And um, yeah, there's there's been sightings of him at away games, and for, the rumours are that he's loving Chelsea as much as ever. Um, I think it's it can good. only be a good thing. I think for the club to see him a bit more. I know that it's taken a while for him to get his Israeli citizenship sorted out, but that's all in place now. So just maybe we'll see more of him. Um, you know, I, I I still love that thing from Tuchel after winning the Champions League, that that was not a bad moment to meet the owner for the very first time when you've got the <laughs> Champions League in your hands. <laughs> Yeah, particularly you if you know. want to renegotiate a contract. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know, but but yeah, okay. Well, look, we we should probably move to to the week's games, and it, it kind of is a weird one to start with Watford away. Now, everyone was saying this is a dead easy game. You know, they'll give you a bit of a game for a while. It'll be a nice old three points, and then we'll get ready for West Ham away. Um, and it didn't really turn out like that, did it? Did it, Rick? Um, no, and it was. I, I was at both of these games that we're talking about, and I mean, the only difference really between the two was that we got the winner at um, uh, at at, Watf- at Watford, and it was a really miserable night. Um, I thought we we didn't play very well at all. I think we played much better and and not won. Um, I thought we played better against Burnley. I thought we played. In patches, better against Man United and 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 didn't win, but it was the nature of the goal that we conceded and the the sort of the simplicity, the 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 softness of it that was really disturbing. I think. I mean, yes, we had injuries and uh, and uh, uh, depleted team and everything and walking wounded and the rest, but um, but I, but you know you get the you get the win and that's the important thing, isn't it? Yeah, and and it does sort of. Maybe it papers over the cracks. Um, I I just wonder, Ivor, do you think, in a way, this last few weeks, everything has been coming to this sort of West Ham loss, really, in, in the fact that the writing's been on the wall. Everyone's going on about what an amazing defence we've got. But we've actually been making mistakes in a way we weren't doing, say, eight or nine games ago. And the last four or five, we've been winging it and getting away with it. Has this actually been coming? Has the defence been waiting for something like this? Well, it's it's very odd because the mistakes have been sort of ridiculous. You know, they're, they're, they're not really panicking. I mean, you know, I could talk <laughs> about Jorginho's, you know, 
we'll get to that. Control, you know, a professional footballer, one who was tipped to win the Ballon d'Or, shouldn't be making mistakes like that. Similarly, and I don't want to pick on him, but that you know that back pass to um, to Mendy against Watford was was really really poor. And, you know, it's uh, you know, I suppose in a way, you know, I know he's been talked about. He's he's carrying, he's playing in pain as well, but it's. You know, previously, it's, it's I really like him as a player. I like his decision-making. I think his decision-making has been exemplary up until now. And, then, and I don't know what's brought it on. So, so my worry, you know, it's the, the, the mistakes are not mistakes that are sort of forced upon us, it seems. Where they're, they're a lot of our no, own they're making. Unfor- they're unforced largely, aren't they? That's what I mean. And, and that is odd. I mean, I'm trying to think of the Watford goal. That that was poor defending. Ruben Loftus-Cheek was... Lost possession in midfield. That's and that. right. Yes, and they yes. kind of storm forward. And I mean, it's it, yes, so not to say mistakes. that it couldn't have been prevented after that. And it, there is a sense at the moment, I think, where everything, every way we can be punished, we are being punished. You know, we're not getting the rub of the green in that respect. But maybe that's a correction from how we've been earlier in the season. Well, um, yeah, but you can't, you can't start talking about mystical rubs of the green, and it all irons itself out. <laughs> these are these are sort of pan, these are sort of slightly panicky mistakes, and and that's odd because we weren't. I said these are sort of mental mistakes almost, but they haven't and they're, made they're the right almost decision. complacent. They're almost complacent, aren't they? I mean, it's like Thiago Silva in the first few minutes against West Ham. He mm. plays a ball. 12 yards to one of their players and there's not even a Chelsea player near him well, so it's not uh, even misplaced it's just what is going on and, and when you see that it was Mendy against Man United they could have you know when he played it out to I don't know who it was you know played it straight I mean literally it was a great pass to a Man United player mm-hmm. um, you know that that was really very strange so I, I don't know it feels like it's a mentality thing and I don't know what, what, mental what, fatigue what perhaps about. Possibly, yes. I I, I, I do think, sorry, going back to the Watford hmm. game as a whole, though, I think just about, I think this is, well, correct, that it felt, yeah, we played awfully, but I thought the two goals were pretty good. And it just, what we did, there were two moments where we were able to show our class. And, you know, against a team like Watford, that was enough. You know, I I like Watford, I I sort of feel for them, but I hope they don't go down. They've probably got enough just to stay up. But they, they, you know, that's the difference. They didn't have. They didn't make that step up. They didn't take their, their chances. And we, you know, created those two good chances and sort of were able just to step up enough to, to claw a victory. And you need victories like that over, over a season. You know, every team that wins the title, I'm actually not sure, I don't think we will. But, you know, you have those sort of victories where you should, you play badly and you win. So maybe it was one of those. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And I do think... Something is not quite... Now, whether this defence that was at one point so clinical, so assured, has just been rotated one too many times, I don't know, because things are not right with the way they set themselves up. It could be as simple as, you know, Ben Chilwell not being in the side, and that's put pressure on them with Marcus Alonso over one side. I don't know. You never know how the balance is affected, do you, Rick? No, and I think it's interesting that it, on paper it looks like our greatest strength has become our biggest weakness in the last few games. We Two goals that we scored at West Ham would be sufficient to have won every game we've played this season up to that point um, because we, that's the most, we conceded three, but we haven't conceded more than one in any game up to then. And I, but I do wonder, I, I tend to agree with you, 
whether it's the central defence that is at fault and the uh, and the goalkeeper, or is it the ahead of them? And I do think we're we, you know we can't over overlook the fact that Jorginho's played an awful lot of games. He's had to. Kovacic has been out for a long time, and Angolo Kante's out, and we every team would miss Angolo Kante. And I do wonder whether the issues are uh, ahead. And I agree with Ivor. I do think uh, I think Marcos has, has played okay, but I think there's an element of dynamism and threat that you get from from Ben Chilwell that uh, really negates the uh, the opposition wingers and uh, and fullbacks on that side. And I think. With Marcus Alonso, I think they, they're a bit more cavalier and I think they tend to push forward a little bit more. Thanks for agreeing I, I, with me, but I didn't make that point. But thanks yeah, for agreeing, me, thanks but for agreeing I, I with think, me anyway. Yeah, no, uh, thanks, for agreeing with with my, no, thanks for agreeing with my point that I've made. Um, <laughs> but but, but I, I'd also... No, don't worry. Um, but I'd also say that I think you've hit on the crux of it. The midfield is surely the greatest problem because Jorginho, bless him, when he plays well, he's got either Kovacic doing the, yeah. the legwork by him or Kante just clearing yeah. up like a madman. Yeah. Yeah. He's having at the moment to cover Ruben. And yeah. I just don't think it suits either of them. I actually think they'd probably be better switched around. Jorginho being the, the deepest lying midfielder helps no one. And I feel really sorry for him. I don't think it's his fault. I think he's trying to do a job. But that's not his role. He's the one who always needs protection in midfield. And then he plays some beautiful football. But I, I just don't see the balance working well, there. Maybe that's his biggest problem, Tuchel. We've stopped playing as two, as as like um, a double pivot in midfield as well. What we've got is we tend to have one person who stays further back and one has a bit more license to go forward. And perhaps with the personnel changing, we need to be a bit more conservative. And I think it's not really Rubin's forte playing there. He's more of an inside forward, an eight or a ten or, or something around there. But I think he's done really well. I do, though, wonder whether there are things I'm not picking up that that um, are different about the combination in midfield that mean we're, that we're more open. Uh, I, I haven't seen it myself. I, as I say, I think he's played really well and I think he's added really vital um, attack, uh, 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 again, dynamism, taking players on, which is something that we'd stopped doing for a few games. We just weren't running at players and I wonder, I changing wonder, things though, up. I agree with you and it's great to see him back and I think he's doing well, but I wonder if he's slightly overstretching himself. It feels a bit that, that, you know, he's come back, he's got a point to prove. He sort of proved it almost because he is playing well and he's back in the team. Obviously, you know, injuries have helped that. But it feels like he's just, you know, mentally, you know, not quite that shot. I mean, you know, with a number of times he should have shot, you know, he should be, you know, at least trying to score. <laughs> you know, I'm just wondering if, it, and, you know, taking yeah. on the players is great and the strength, you know, mm-hmm. is fantastic. But I just wonder if he's just t- a little too eager and therefore the little mistake are creeping in possibly yeah I, I i don't know i i think ruben i think he needs the right person alongside him yeah and the best person alongside him so far and it probably is for any midfielder is kante yeah because yeah. kante allows him to spring forward he knows when he can 
pop up alongside him and get the ball and set something else up. And he knows when to sit back and just cover. And that takes a lot of pressure off Ruben and any other player. So I would say that I'm starting to get concerned about how many injuries Kante's had over the last couple of years. Yeah. Because he's now starting to miss more games than he plays. And I, I think that is a great concern because if we are seeing the last couple of years of a great career, we've got to be starting to think how we cover. And as far as I'm seeing, we're not finding a way to work that midfield out. And it may be the biggest conundrum of all for Tuchel. But look, let's ponder this for a moment because we do need to go to our commercial break. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. Right, and we're back. Now, have you done your pondering? Have you been thinking about what I was saying about midfield? What do you think, Ivor? Do you think we need to find a magical way of playing that midfield? Does this future hold prospects for Ross Barkley at the moment? Oh, Ross Barkley. I mean, I like Ross Barkley. I always like players who are a little bit different, who've got something... Sometimes you look at the bench... And again, I'm sure we've all done this. You know, who's on the bench? Who's there? Who's got that little bit of magic? And I think occasionally he has. I mean, my memory's going to fail me, but that brilliant pass that he did. Oh, Rick, help me out here. There was that fantastic pass. He's not I might need a few on, more led clues. To, led to a, straight to <laughs> a he goal. only done was, one brilliant pass. Come on. Well, possibly. <laughs> Don't no, be was, unfair either. Who was it? Who was it? Oh, I can't remember. This I think season. he has. Yeah, it was this season. Yeah. He came on. Oh, do you know the past? I mean, it was a first really or nice... second game back. It was in over the uh, top of the penalty area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, at so the bridge, the, wasn't the, it? Yeah. Anyway, was it against but, Villa? Or something I think like it was that. Villa. Yeah. But he, but in other words, he's someone I think who needs more consistency in his game. You know, he's he's disappointed too many times. You know, and that's I don't know. That's something that Tuchel needs to look at in training. I think you know if he's giving us that you know, game after game, then fantastic. But too often he's he's come on and we start a game, but he hasn't started one for a while, but and he's sort of disappointed. So I don't I don't think he's the he's the answer. That was um, a bit distracting that your cat's tail wandered across the I was screen. wondering what it I was wondering what it was. All you I could see was a, a tail rise up. <laughs> this cat I've got to tell you this cat knows I that I'm is on a cat's zoom. tail. It is a cat's tail. <laughs> Believe you me. It knows when I'm on a zoom and it comes in. Um I've lost it now. Um but yeah, Ross Barkley in that pass. So, no, so yeah, he, I don't think he's the answer. I mean, the trouble is someone like Kante, you know... But you don't need just one answer, do you, Ivor? No, no, I mean, but someone like Kante yeah, might be irre- season, irreplaceable. You need two or three players yeah. who come in and do games here and there, you know, to um, to give others a rest and to and to 
show themselves. And that's what that a successful season is based on brilliant cameos. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Of them. And and those cameos can lead to other things. I mean, you just look at Rhys James's career, you know, we've seen him come in, come out, come in, come out. You can't imagine if that boy's fit that he doesn't play. And when you think also that there was all that talk about Hakimi, they were trying to buy him at the beginning of the season, and you think now, you know, exactly. But you, you just couldn't imagine anyone replacing Rhys James as a number one right back. Well, well, that's, that's one of the Can things. Just obviously, copy and paste Reese James ten times. <laughs> cloning, but no, as a manager, that's something that I really. I hope who knows. I hope this is true. But you know, you can see with with Reece James, Chalaber, and a couple of others, they've improved under Tuchel, and, and hopefully that is down to him. I mean, it must be. You know, and that's a, a fantastic you know sign for a manager because Reese James is just playing out of his skin at the moment. Is that he? Is that he's almost first name on the team sheet? So in some respects, you know, Tuchel, in that respect, Tuchel has done a, a fantastic job there. Um, but but maybe, I don't know, With I mean, Kovacic and Kante being out injured, those are two big losses. And yes, you need, you know, say people to come in for cameos and to fill it, but, you know, that's difficult. Two mm. brilliant midfielders, that's a tough one. Don't you think it's interesting as well? Because a lot of people are not really big fans of Kovacic, but I think... Through this period, we've not had him, and it's and let's face it, we don't get players who are out for a week or two, do we? They're always out for six, eight weeks or whatever, and and I, I really think we've seen what a difference the side with Kovacic either in the side or on the bench coming on to sort things out. He, I, I think he's shown his worth by not playing. I mean, that can sometimes be true of any player who doesn't play. You you make them, you know into wonderful players, but I really do think we've missed him. What do you think, Rick? On cover, yes, I I think we have. I don't... uh, If I was going to pick my best 11, I'm not sure he would be in it. But in my best 15, definitely. Yeah. And and I think that's... That dovetailing that we had of cover and Georgie and and Golo and, and others slipping in there... I mean, Reese. don't forget, has played there a couple of times to close out games. And that's something that we might want to uh, consider. Although, as I said, you know, you just want to replicate him. Don't you want him everywhere? He's so brilliant. Yeah, but, well, I mean, but don't you think actually one of the answers for midfield could have been Trevor Chalabar? What well, we he was saw injured him, playing in midfield. That's what I mean. Yeah, he, he moved to midfield and was doing okay and then gets injured. So that's... Sometimes I think... You know the thing about lucky generals and and sometimes, um, you know, Thomas must be looking at that thinking, oh, this is, that's a nice little turn I've uh, I've made there. And um, and then it comes back to to bite him. So I, I do think we ha- he has to be, keep being creative about, and he's definitely going to have to be that over the uh, coming hectic weeks, uh, about trying players that he trusts in, other positions, maybe. Yeah, no, I, I think you're... I, you know sorry, Ivor. You say hectic weeks. I think this is one of the least hectic Christmases that we've ever had. Our games are quite nicely spaced out, if I've got the calendar correctly. There's like the 29th... There's a, when's the Brighton game? So, to my mind, they're, they're a lot less squashed together than that. Yeah, but it's still, th- it's still regularly three, day, three games a week. And uh, yeah, some of them we have 
five there's a gap of five days actually i think between brighton and liverpool for example but before that you've got i think it's three games over nine days and it starts and, earlier that fixture pile up so yeah. yes but you haven't got we don't three have and the personnel at the moment right? this is yeah. the problem and because they're coming soon the likelihood is that some of them won't be back in time that's the problem so we're we're sort of it's a hectic period and our resources are quite thin yeah and also i mean look i i I just want to put the watford game to bed in in the fact that we did get through it we got the result we all breathed a sigh of relief i went off to hospital going well at least we've got three points so i felt happy-ish but i think the most prescient line came from tuchel when you look at it now a few days later, when he said, we are lucky to still be top of the league yeah. after that game. And cut forward, you know, really what possibly could have happened a week ago, we just put off what I guess was the inevitable with the West Ham game. Now, Rick, you, you went to West Ham, didn't you? And yeah, I went to both, yeah. What was the atmosphere like? Because it looked as though really, really, there was a really great atmosphere. atmosphere. Listen, they're a, they're a really, um, they're an up and down support base, West Ham, but they were really up for it. They they scented blood. Um, it was a big crowd. Uh, you're slightly not. I'm not envious of the stadium, but I'm, I'm a little bit peeved that we can't match them for crowd size now because I would love to have a Stamford Bridge with over fifty thousand people in it again, but. It was a great atmosphere. Our fans were brilliant as well. And I thought we actually started quite well. And, um, you know, we we were ahead of twice. And, and really, again, as as, as um, Ivor was saying, it's unforced errors that we keep making. That really, you can't, you know, you're not going to win anything if you keep making mistakes like that. Any, at any level, any game of football, you can't. So I, th- I think there was something about... Uh, it, it always felt... I thought, um, what's his name? Uh, uh, Jared Bowen, we never got to grips with him. I thought... Um, I, I was pleased that Cresswell wasn't playing. And if there's a positive to take out of it, apart from the fact that we, we did score twice and we led... Uh, it's that we, I thought we defended their set plays really well, and they're they are uh, famously efficient at converting from set pieces. And we defended top rank side. Yeah, they are, and um, and they're a really good team, West Ham. Yeah, uh, you know, I can't, I don't like to say it, but they are really good. It's sometimes the best you West just Ham have to say I've seen it, was, it was coming. You know. Yeah, it was. It was I, I I think that's true. Don't you, Ivor? I mean, yeah, it, it, you said something nice about Arsenal, something nice about West Ham. What on earth is going on on this podcast? <laughs> it's been it's a bad week. <laughs> yeah, shocking. No, do you know what? I've, I've always rated Antonio. I think he's a great player. He did. I think he got into the England. He had a game or two for England, I think, and maybe he got injured. And, but I, you know, I think he's he's that level and his competition there. But and I mean, if you think he was responsible for that that freakish third goal on the left because he he held off Christensen, it was his strength. Um, you know, that, that won the ball and then laid it back to uh, whoever it was. Uh, I mean, I don't forget. I mean, that was just that was a freakish goal. I don't. I found it very odd that people were blaming Mendy. 
you know, oh, because you know, ridiculous. a lot of goalkeeping obviously is about anticipation, and you know, you, he's in position for a cross, and ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the time it would have been a cross. And it reminded me a bit, a little bit, though he did mean it. I think it's the Cisse goal against Newcastle. Not quite. That was, I mean, that's the only goal at Stamford Bridge from a waiting. I've seen people applauding because that was mind blowing. <laughs> but that, 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 I think he did mean that. But that was also. It was just. It, it was a little bit freakish the way he caused it. Mendy was going the wrong way. You know, he wasn't at fault at all for that goal. I really no, don't think we, so. We so could, but we should. I, I've got to say, Ivor, on that, just when the ball went to Masuaku, um, everyone was going, he's got two on one. He's got two on. Reese James was left on his own. Someone didn't do their job there. Whether it was no, Christian who should have come over, Ruben came back a, a little bit uh, after that. Someone wasn't doing their job and we paid the price for it. Well, well that's the same with Antonio also... before that. Antonio outstrength, I think it was Christensen on the left, and then laid it back to Masuaku. And, you know, yes, he's a strong, strong guy, Antonio, but Christensen should, should have never have let him lay that pass back. And also, I would say, in these two games, when we've been going for a game, we seem to have lost our shape quite dramatically. And again, I think that may be because of the inexperience of a partnership in midfield. But there are holes. There were holes against Watford. There were holes against yeah. West Ham. Uh, and we never... It was almost like Tuchel was going, whatever happens, we're going to score one more. And sometimes that worked against Watford, that theory. We managed to. But it didn't against West Ham. And it really came home to roost. Um, the other thing I was going to talk about, when we are talking about the mistakes and Mendy couldn't be blamed for the third goal... Yeah, I kind of get that. It's just a freak goal. It's one of those things, weight's on the wrong foot. There you go. It's not going to happen. But the first goal, I know we talked about it a little Mm. bit. Jorginho, yeah, it's a bad mistake. It's a poor pass. Yeah, shouldn't be doing it. But Mendy had so much time when he got there to just hoof it. But he tries to dribble round the striker. And my point is... touch was bad. Yeah, and I mean, I if think it had he just couldn't quite clear it. Yeah, well, I don't think he could to begin with. I think he was trying to set that up, or at least to give himself an angle. There was no one helping him out, um, but he didn't. That's why he create, just got kicked. His through. first touch was bad, and he couldn't. And he should have then just given it, knocked it out for a corner. I he mean, had okay, two embarrassing, but but you know, let that happen. That's better yeah, than it, conceding a penalty. He had two opportunities to clear that ball. You're absolutely right. And I know what you mean. The first touch was to try and make a better angle. Sometimes you've just got to put your foot through it. Yeah. And and I just wonder, because Mendy has made a few of these mistakes, as you were referring to, Ivor, uh, earlier, about passing out from the penalty area. Um, and he's made a few over the last few weeks. He had got to a level where actually... His his uh, delivery from the penalty area was fantastic. And he's making a lot of good decisions. But it almost seems like he's been overcoached that maybe they're trying to get him to be too clever sometimes when sometimes you just need the old-fashioned hoof. And and do you think they may be guilty of that, Ivor? Yeah, well, yeah, definitely. Sometimes in the old-fashioned hoof. But unfortunately, I know that this is pointless me saying this because this is what we're on, the, on this podcast to do but it, it does feel like it's so easy for us sort of watching from the sides to sort of say that you know down there in the in the heat of it you know he, he 
you know, we can see how close. I think it was Bowen, wasn't it, who, who came in. Um, we can see how close he is, and we can see the danger. But whether he he can, you know, sort of see quite how close he is and quite how much danger he's in. Uh, I mean, again, it comes down to what we were saying before that decision making and, and that having that awareness. Um, but but you know, clearly, he must have thought he had more time. Um, I can't. Otherwise, surely he would have hoofed it because that's the thing. You know, clearly, if he if he knows that there's a, an attacker bearing down on him, you think surely then the decision is hoof it. So I can, you can, I can only think that he wasn't that fully aware that there was an attacker bearing down on him, and he thought he had more time than he had, which is obviously a mistake. But but mm. why was Jorginho passing it back anyway? Well, that that's the other thing I'm, as well. I'm, yeah, I'm puzzled. I'm puzzled I because I think that one of the things that's been a really real positive for us in the in the past month or so has been much more progressive passing and much less passing it back like that and I, and is it because he didn't have players either side of him that he felt he could pass to was there an element of uh that I just maybe think he's he gave... injured and he and, and he's fatigued and he just made a bad decision that that happens you know yeah, I, ju- I just think I think it was just a bad decision. It's one of those momentary things. Maybe he's thinking that he's got, you know, somebody he's passing back to, like Kovacic or something, who's used to just a short pass, and he'd come in and sort it out, yeah. no problem. Yeah. Anyway, look, we, we, we should move on from this because we are running out of time and we haven't got to talk about the, the thing, the, the bright two things, actually. One is the brightest thing of all, because we haven't really talked about the forward line. The brightest thing this week has been, I think, the return to form of Mason Mount. Oh, yeah. And that goal against West Ham. That's now, brilliant. I, I don't know. Is that really, you know, Marco van Mount or, <laughs> or, or what? You know, um, it, it was just it was just beautiful. It was great. But yeah. He is the Mason only shining light. Mason, whatever you think. Um, and I, I have, <laughs> and I have to say, I kind of nicked that because somebody called him Mason Van Basten on on Twitter, um, and I think that was at Larve Man. But, the, but, but that, I preferred Marco Van Mount. So but talking about uh, decision making in the moment, I mean the way he hit it, rather than hit it, it was like a side foot volley rather yeah. than a, a laces volley. Which I mean, if you compare that to to Rudiger at the end of the Man United game. Who did put his laces through it and balloon it over the bar? That's, yeah. yeah, and he was much closer than Mason was. So the control yeah. in it and the decision to to almost place it. I mean, he did place it yeah. just inside the near post. Uh, I mean, that yeah, absolutely brilliant, absolutely fantastic. And that is a, as you say, a, a beacon of light. Hopefully, he's back to you know his best form. Yeah. Oh, and Ziyech as well. That's not. Yeah, Ziyech has really pass. contributed in a, a yeah. brilliant pass. Really contributed in the last few games, and weirdly doing lots of bad things as well. As well, sort of things that weren't coming off. There was a fine pass he played at Watford that just went straight off the pitch. Yeah, yes, um, I remember. And yeah. So, unfortunately, there's a few people that are keen to to barrack him. I, I'm I'm big supporter of of his, and I'm I really like. I think he's one of those mercurial players who can really offer an awful lot to us. And he's proven that in the last few games. Yeah, I'd agree with you. Well, look, we, we should just wrap up West Ham. One last point, and then I'm going to move straight on to the predictions for Zenit St. Petersburg. Don't forget, we'll be back with our end-of-week preview show about the weekend's game. But, um, yeah, my last point, Lukaku. Have we forgotten? When he finally comes on... Um, 
have we forgotten how to play for to a striker again? Because I feel really sorry for Lukaku. I don't think he got any service at the West Ham game. And I don't, don't think it's any fault of his. I think he was making runs. I think he was trying to find space. I just don't believe we've been servicing him. And we've got to get our heads around that because we need him scoring. Because as sure as hell, given the ball, he will score. What do you think, Ivor? No, do you know what? I completely agree. And I know he started in a blaze of glory with scoring a lot of goals. But I just think when you're playing with someone like him, we don't really, we haven't played with someone like him for a long time. And you almost need that, that second nature. Sort of thought, right, if I lay this certain ball in, you know, for him to run on to, you know, nine times out of ten, he'll get it. He's there. You just, without, almost without even thinking, you've got this the big, strong striker up front, you know, just don't think. Put it, put it into a, 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 you know, some channel where he can get it. And we don't do that in a way, it's not second nature yet. I don't think we, you know, we're quite used to, to playing with him up front. We're not, you know, we're not, well, we need to get the best out of him because you don't want him to, you know, when people were talking about Harry Kane for England when he drops too deep because he, he's hungry for the ball. And I mean, Harry Kane is a slightly different player. I think he can do that. But you, what you don't want is Lukaku to sort of desperately want the ball and he's not getting the service and he keeps dropping deeper and deeper. And then, and he isn't up front and, and the whole game plan is ruined. So, no, I mean, again, but, you know, Tuchel's got to be, now that he's approaching, hopefully, full fitness, Tuchel, they've got to be working on that in training. I mean, it'd be very interesting to see, uh, yeah. you know, the next two games, how they play him. Well, no, I, I don't think we got Before he was injured, either. No, I agree. I think it's, that we as I say, he started... I agree. He started in a blaze of glory the, the first few yeah. games, scored a few goes, and then we just seemed to lose, you know... Sort of lose our way with how how to play him a little bit. I, yeah, I agree. I agree. But also, teams yeah. don't forget teams are constantly watching us and scouting us and working yeah. out how yeah, what is best course. to play against us. So they'll drop deep um, yeah. so that he can't get behind and mm. and other things like that. So we do have to factor that in. But I completely agree with you. And I think, oh, the I mean, it'll be interesting if over the next few games. At some stage, he's going to start one of the, the matches. I think Kai Havertz is fit. I don't think he, he even though he limped off, I think he's a, he's okay. And I think Kai actually was a was really good in the last few games as well, which is another uh, positive. But we do need Rom to start banging in the goals, don't we? That would completely yeah. transform our season. Yeah. Okay, well, look, that brings us to the end of the show. Don't forget to join the three of us for the preview show later in the week. Uh, I need to get predictions. Zenit St. Petersburg, it's the last match of the Champions League away. Are we going to win it? Are we going to finish top of the group? And what's the score going to be? Ivor? Well, I know you wanted a quick answer. I, I mean, yes, of course, we'll play to win. But, you know, often finishing second in the group is not a bad thing. But I, so I'm not that bothered about finishing top of the group. But I think, I think I've think i got a feeling it'll be a draw, sort of one all. OK, Rick, over to you. I think Juventus might not win, by the way. They've got loads of injuries. And if they don't, then we just need to not lose. Um, I think we always beat... We always win on Russian soil when we're playing Russians. <laughs> not necessarily when we're playing Mancunians. <laughs> yeah. uh, so oh, you got out of that well. <laughs> I think um, I think one nil to us, and I think it'll be an absolutely belting goal that we'll all be ecstatic about, and it'll be a surprise person that scores it. Do you think? What? Do you think? By the way, do you think you might know this? Well, both of you might know this. Was Zenit St Petersburg 
originally called Zenit Leningrad. Because that's what Len- St. Petersburg was Leningrad, wasn't it? Petrograd, wasn't it, as well, I think. Was it as well? Yeah. So do you so, think before uh, it was but I, I'm not St. Petersburg? Sure. I, I imagine Zenit is a relatively modern <laughs> incarnation. Oh, yeah, is that a, so the sponsors, <laughs> aren't they? I think so. Uh, sure didn't, they didn't were probably just called St. Petersburg, weren't they? <laughs> Sure, I'm sitting this one Stalingrad. out. I'm going to let you. Sure. You discuss good defence, Stalingrad. Yeah. <laughs> well, yes, that's very good. Right, we're going to leave the uh, the old um, war jokes alone now, and uh, my prediction is going to be two 0 to Chelsea, and Lukaku's going to score both of them. See, I'm always Excellent. a dreamer. All right, well that's it. Thank you ever so much, Rick. Thank you, Ivor. Thank you. We'll see Thank you all at the end of the week, and we'll discuss the next game. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.